Left. Right. Welcome to episode 195. Today's episode is a bit of a grab bag, but we do talk a little bit about the real estate Ponzi scheme in China. If you're not familiar with that, listen on to learn more. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 We are live. Welcome to Sip Talk, episode 195. It's going to be a good episode. I have a good feeling about it. My name is Justin DeGiulio. I'm joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell. James is a philosopher a bartender, a professional referee, and most exciting of all, an accountant. And today, we are going to be talking about China. China. Taiwan. <laughs> We're going to talk about some traffic problems, maybe a little climate change, abortion, voting rights, and we're going to throw Alex Jones in there. For those of you who don't know who Alex Jones, in, Jones is, we will get there. Uh, but i got to ask you, James, right off the bat, How's it hanging down there in South Carolina? Dude, I got to ask a question back to you. So I lost power for two hours today. And like, I get that it happens, but I have a strong suspicion as to why. So like four or five houses down from me, there's like an empty lot that they've been building a house for the last year. The meth lab on the construction site, it blew up? Uh, No, I think it's just a legitimate construction site. But they've been building a house for the last year. And I really think that they're the reason why I've been losing power and internet over the last year is like them digging and just like not paying attention to shit. And so what I would like to know is like when the power goes out, the utility company has to send a truck to to repair whatever broke, right? Uh, Yes. So like if you have, let's say, a hurricane, and trees fall on power lines. That's something that the utility company pays for. Like they just know that that's going to happen and they build in their budgets for these kinds of events. But when construction that they aren't doing causes problems, does the contractor have to pay that repair bill? Because I think they should. Uh, actually, in, in many cases, they do. It really depends on the situation. Uh, you know, my mom worked for the Thruway Authority for New York State. And do you know when you get in a car accident, you have to pay to have the guardrails repaired? I do. You know? And the only reason I know that is because you told me about that like 20 years ago 20 when your mom years. was doing that job. Yeah, back, back when we were in high school or something. Yeah. Uh, so so ultimately, and throughways are public, uh, you know, public passageways, whatever you want to call it. Uh same thing with the power line. So somebody's got to pay for it. If they can bill somebody, they will. Now, usually that's why I think you want to call, I think it's 811, right? When you're digging or you're doing some work at the house, you want to call 811 and they'll come, they'll measure uh, gas lines in the ground, they'll uh, sewer lines, water lines, and electric lines in the ground. You're supposed to have that measured. So I had a, I had a patio or a front walkway put in with some paver stones a couple of weeks ago. And we called 811. They measured the gas line coming into the house. 
which the gasoline actually doesn't make it to the house. We're on oil. So we, you know, we, we get, uh, every, every month or two, we get $4,000 with the oil delivered to the house, uh, even in the summertime because we require hot water. So, um, and is yeah, that much for your oil? Uh, dude, it costs me right now. It's costing me like, uh, they break it down. I pay monthly. It's like nine sixty five a month. Dude, but why don't you have an electric water heater? Um, because because the this oil heater came with the house. I'm moving to an electric uh, water heater. However, it's likely because it's it's uh, steam heat in the house. So it's an older house. It has steam heat. So we have radiators, and an electric water heater isn't quite powerful enough to. Uh, to basically run that much water all the time, especially in the winter time, for the heat for the house. As far as I know, I'm still researching it. It's summertime, but uh, but having a water heater, electric, instant hot water. So basically, the way a, for those who don't know this, the way a water heater, a traditional water heater, works in a house is you have a giant drum of water, and underneath that you have a little burner, and that burner heats the water generally to 105 or 110 degrees or, you know, whatever you want it to be set at, obviously not to a scalding level. And it keeps that tank at a certain temperature. Once the thermostat drops below a certain temperature, the flame goes on and it heats the water back up. So when you turn the water on at the tap, you're going to have a pretty constant water temperature. The way, but you're paying for gas or oil to keep that, flame burning to heat the water now for the last 20 years or so what we're seeing a lot more of are electric water heaters and those are water heaters that don't have a tank of water but what they do is as the cold water comes into the house one water line it splices into a hot water tank and it's heated instantly via uh electric well you're talking about tankless water heaters because you can have tankless water heater yeah you can have traditional water heaters which work just like the oil one where you got a big two, like canister of water and instead of using oil or gas to heat it you just use like an electric heat and again it's just going to be a large volume of water kept right. and, at some temperature and the and the issue with the large volume of water is it takes a lot of energy still to keep it hot you know the thing about water is it has a specific heat of one well, yeah, most things don't have most things have a specific heat way lower. So like water just holds a crap load of heat. And even if you've got like a well insulated tank, it's still going to be radiating some of that heat away. So if you don't use the hot water for like for like ten hours or something, like you still have to keep that water hot. All right. So we've been told we've lost the ladies. So we need oh, yeah, to let's uh, talk about home repair some more. We need to talk about we need to talk about something else. So look, I wanna a couple of things. One, I have, I got the ladies. I got the ladies. Here we go. So I got a lot of plants. I, I planted a, uh, some cilantro, some parsley, some basil, some spearmint, some peppermint, some lavender, uh, just like little kind of things. And uh, it's been, it's been hot outside, so I have to water this stuff every day. So I was just eating dinner upstairs, and. Uh, I heard this big crash, and I was like, oh, fuck, what, what happened? I look out, and I hear this noise. I'm like, oh, something fell, like a fan fell over. I hear this noise, like rumbling, and come to find out it's, it's pouring outside. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I don't have to water anything. It's pouring, 
and I look outside, and there's you can see these big water drops coming down. You can see the big splots of, of water on the patio and in the driveway. On the grill, you can see it bouncing off the stainless steel on the ground. I'm thinking, this is splendid, right? The water is just flowing straight from the sky. I don't have to go outside. It's 92 degrees outside and stand out there for 40 minutes, water all of our trees and plants. And uh, then the rain stopped like 40 seconds later. In about five minutes, the driveway was completely bare dry. Everything evaporated. <laughs> there was fucking, that was it. That was it. So after the podcast, we're going to have to go back outside. Got all this new landscaping. And, uh, you know, they, they call it, the hardscaping is the patio. Softscaping is the trees and the bushes and the flowers. So okay. now I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hydrate my softscaping after the podcast. Never heard that phrase before. Uh, if you're gonna speak Spanish, I join the chat. Um, ¿Quieres hablar español? Uh, un poco es que necesito más práctica con la lengua y no sé de de, de cuál Hablaremos sobre. En este podcast, podemos. Vámonos. <laughs> Pero es, es un poco peor. Uh, yeah, sorry, my friends. We will not be speaking the uh, Spanish tonight. But uh, you did it. Uh, thank you for joining us. So, look, where where do you want to lead with this? You want to lead? Um, I, you know, I spent, the I Alex sent... Jones case is pretty awesome right now. Because. <laughs> have you, have you he, watched Alex Jones? No, I, I I hate the guy. He's, did you he's watch awful. the Alex? Did you watch the Alex Jones podcast with uh, when he was on the what's the guy's name? The ball, uh, ball guy, Tom John. What's his name? John Rogan, Joe Paul Rogan, Chris Rogan. No, what's his name? <laughs> Joe, Rogan. Joe Rogan. No, oh, I refuse. Yeah. To watch, like, I watched a little bit of Joe Rogan a while back, and like when that one was on, I was like, I don't think this man deserves any more attention than he already gets. But, okay, so you don't you don't need to add the plus one to that. I'd like the podcast. No. I think it's a good um, podcast. Hey, I have no respect for somebody who goes on and talks about how like chemtrails in the skies are turning our frogs gay. <laughs> he doesn't talk about that. The guests talk about that. Right, but if you're hosting a guest that talks about that, then you're in the same boat as them. Well, you might not believe it yourself, but you're giving a platform for someone who does. You are giving the platform. I can't. I can't. I definitely can't argue that. But but a lot of times he has a decent amount of skepticism, and he's he, he looks at people like they're batshit crazy. Uh, no, it's more like even first of all, he doesn't take any of them to task anywhere near as much as he does. Second, that the, these people are so far out there that. Even allowing them to talk, even when they're being challenged, is harmful because they're still spouting their ideas, even if he, they're being he contradicted. Does, he, does, he does a very – I'll say this, uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan he, he does a really poor job at kind of shining the spotlight on the incongruencies of logic and saying, well, that doesn't quite make sense. He, he oftentimes – and this is the – this is really where he fails. He, he just doesn't say, hey, bro, that doesn't make sense. What he usually says is, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, Yeah, like, can and. you explain that a little bit more? Like, the, the, that's the farthest he'll go with challenging somebody is like, 
well, I heard something different. And then that gives the, the guest a chance to say more bullshit about whatever yeah, they were previously yeah. arguing. I, I, I do like the podcast. I don't listen to much of it, and it's very long. So I, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not down for but, that. Uh, so look, anyways, so Alex he's got, you got, you got, is, is in court because he publicly hold, hold attacked. Up. So hold up. Let's talk about who is Alex Jones for people who don't know who Alex Jones is. He's a guy who runs a right wing radio show slash podcast and spouts off all sorts of crazy conspiracy theories, conspiracy which theory. I don't want to list besides like the only one I'm going to list is the the chemicals in the air causing the the frogs to become gay because that one isn't really harmful and it's and it's so like delightfully absurd that like I don't think I'm going to worry about anybody believing it but one of the the, the one that I have to talk about is the reason why he's in court right now and this is the school shooting right this so yeah, ten years ago when Newtown, Connecticut, the Sandy Hook shooting, he talked about how the Sandy Hook shooting didn't actually happen, and it was just a political stunt to give the Democrats backing to restrict gun rights, and that the the, the parents were paid actors, and that no kids actually died. And this wasn't just like a one-time thing that he said. He said it a number of times on his on his show to the point where he was really representing that this was something that he believed. And he got sued for defamation in a number of states. But there was also a lot of followers. There was a lot of followers to this idea. Yeah. Um, but there wouldn't have been if he hadn't been ranting about it constantly. Agreed. Um and so he is in Texas right now in court, and they are in the damages phase of the trial. So he's already basically, Fuck. like, it's a civil trial, so he's been found liable. And now they're trying to assess how much he has to pay. And I believe it was yesterday, there was a fantastic moment in court <laughs> where... You're talking about a cell phone? Yes. Yeah, all right. That's what I thought. That's where I thought we were going with today's topic. All right, hit it. <laughs> where the plaintiff's attorney asks Alex Jones if he knows what perjury is and then says uh, like, at some point in the past Alex Jones's lawyer sent him a complete copy of all the files on his cell phone going back two years I don't think it was just files I think it was also text message conversation. Right, yeah. So, like, everything that was on his cell phone. So, like, take an image of the hard drive of his cell phone. That's what was sent to the plaintiff's attorney by the defense attorney. And the defense attorney didn't mark any of it as privileged, which he had the capability of doing. Because, like, well, in a the good attorney, case, A good attorney would have. Right, yeah. A good attorney. And, and then they can kind of go back and forth. Because even though, like, the, def the, the plaintiff attorney has all of it, like and he can read through all of it. If the defense attorney marks it as privileged, he's not allowed to bring it up in court. He's not allowed to reference it in any way. The defense attorney didn't mark any of it as privileged. So the the plaintiff attorney is in court saying, I've got your entire cell phone record, all of your text messages, everything. And you know who gave it to me? Your attorney. Your attorney. <laughs> I, I, I listened to it this morning. Uh, or maybe it might have been last night, but I listened to it and I was like, what the fuck? 
and and what's even better it, like there's no end to how good this story is because immediately within like a day the january 6th committee said hmm there might be some interesting text messages on there we're gonna subpoena it um because alex jones was in the meeting the day before january 6th oh, he's like very the planning he's very, committee he's very hardcore right wing yeah and he was very big on Trump, and he was very big on the election conspiracies, too. And he was part of a meeting at a hotel room on January 5th, ostensibly planning out the, the various activities related to the coup and the insurrection the next day. So you would have to think that he's got text messages that are of interest to the committee between him and the people who are planning it and possibly some of the politicians who are in on it. So the January 6th committee immediately subpoenaed it. And... If you're the plaintiff's attorney, like you're going to be more than happy to turn this over. You're not even, you, you can just be like, what forms do I need to file and what format would you like me to send it in? Because it doesn't cost you anything. And also, you're representing families that were harmed by this person. And well, so like, I mean, to, but, to but really, the fact, person, no, I mean, the, the issue is that this guy is a, a crazy person who makes money off of crazy ideas and you know doubles down on them to make more yet oftentimes when he doubles down he encounters a little bit of trouble but he's making enough money that he can, he can use that money to kind of make those problems go away however well, he's also person, claiming bankruptcy because he took all of his debt he, he he created a shell corporation to run up a huge amount of debt so that way he could claim personal bankruptcy which the lawyers are seeing right through well and, and that's that's so he's not even willing to take responsibility for his actions yeah and that's that's where we and that's why it's funny uh, i would encourage everybody to so i don't think joe rogan's a dumb guy oh i do uh, but but i don't think that he's a particularly great Host, he doesn't bring much of a lens of his own to his guests. So Joe Rogan is a dumb person that has learned how to disguise it. But that's a, but I think that's traits of a smart person. And you know, no. I'm, not, I'm not I'm not an intelligent person, but people look at me as intelligent because I yeah I use tactics that intelligent people use, and I, I no, question a lot of like, things, and I and I try to distill things through my own filter, but. What I do that he doesn't do is I challenge ideas that I may not necessarily agree with. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a little while when we talk about the Supreme Court. We talk about abortions. Cause I think we need we need to get there. But I think we, we got to get off this Alex Jones topic and, and kind of on to the next. Um, do you have a topic on on deck or, or you want me to lead with one? Because I got a quick one. Go for it. I, so I right before we went on air. I sent a message to my team. So right now I got a team of about 70, 72 agents and growing. Uh, you know, we've, we've grown a lot over the last uh, 30 days, thanks to Rosh, who helps produce this podcast. Rosh has been helping. Uh, he's our hiring manager for my program, and he's brought on a lot of people. But I, I have a mass text messaging platform. So the cool thing about this platform is I can type one message and select the group I want to send it out to, up to 100 people. And I can send one message individually to 100 people. It's not like a group message. And then people can text me back, and I can text them back. 
but it allows me to say like, hey, just heads up tomorrow, we're doing a meeting at four. And and everybody gets that message. It takes me 20 seconds to send that message. And then if people message me back, oh, I can't make it. Oh, will it be on Zoom? Can you send me a link? I can message them individually, right? So a lot of times, uh, you know, it might be like 10.30 at night and a Saturday or, you know, it could be 9.15 in the morning on a freaking Monday. And I'll send something like a little motivational or, um, you know, I try to prompt people. So, so I use it as like a, as a platform for me to share company news, but I also use it as a platform for me to share kind of inspirational things or things that would be beneficial for these guys to know. But what I sent to the team tonight, and (laughs) if you know me, you might understand this, but what I sent to the team was, uh, hang tight while I pull this up here. Are you screen sharing it? No, no, it's just a text. And the text, I, share a text. The, the text, and I quote, says, motivational statement, emoji, command for action. You're up. And unfortunately, I got back like 40 messages saying, I'm confused. What does this mean? But what the message says is, uh, motivational statement, emoji command for action you're up <laughs> and a lot of people a lot of people got it a lot of you know yeah they, it's meta it's 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 just like hey you know uh something like it's it's basically instead of actually using a motivational statement it's just the word motivational statement which i might say i might i might on a you know normal night at nine o'clock at night send a message out to people that's a bit motivational and then throw an emoji in there and then some command for action <laughs> right <laughs> and then say, "All right, what's your move? Like you're you're up, you're on deck." But, yeah, uh, but it's too meta for a lot of people to understand what you're actually trying to yeah, say. It, and I'm realizing because I got so many messages back. What is this? I don't understand. Why are you sending me this? And uh, and if you yeah. could just be like, "Yeah, my templating company screwed up." <laughs> well, then they would actually think like I have. I, I, a lot of people don't think it's me sending the messages. They think it's like the company generating messages. So. That's a shame, but uh, but that's what I about ten minutes before we went on air, right before we, when I had that phone call before we went online, I said when we were on the phone. I don't know if you noticed you were talking to me. I was kind of spacing out because my phone was going. So and people just say, "What is this? What are you trying to say?" All right, um, I got a nice. You should just like you should you should send out something super cryptic sometime like. The kangaroo flies at midnight. You know what to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, these these the new badge agents they don't spend enough time in the office to understand me, and uh, and you know the thing is like people will get that and they make some complaints. You don't even know, man. I had a complaint from an agent this week. This lady went wild. She went wild. Um, and we had to we had to release her license. Um, I'll show I'll, I'll show you real quick what happened. So basically, we hired somebody uh, two weeks ago. Um, so we have two people who do hiring for the company. So Rosh handles the new agents, people who are apt for our program. They're newly licensed. They don't have a whole lot of real estate experience, and they need a training program. Uh, we have another guy who just hires for the company in general. 
So people come on board with experience. He interviews them. He tells them about the program. Brings them on. So this woman came and she said, hey, I have 10, 15, 20 years of experience, but not in New York City. I've worked in New Jersey. I've worked in the surrounding areas with my properties and, and my family's properties. But um, I could use a little guidance. So I interviewed her and I said, all right, uh, happy to give you some guidance. You know, we'll work out the commission splits. Um, and she, she was a little eccentric. In what way? Her hair was not a natural hair color. She was, she, you know, she had some tattoos. Um, she was wearing clothes that were just, you would notice this person, which isn't a bad thing. It's not like, it's not a derogatory thing. Eccentric isn't a derogatory thing. It's just somebody who stood out. And she left the interview. And then 10 minutes later, she came back in the office. She said, hey, I just met this guy. I told you I'm always hustling. I'm a real real hard worker. I want to bring value to the company. This guy is looking to buy a $2 million place. So I sat down with the guy. Now, to me, he didn't seem like a $2 million buyer. But New York City, you don't know, right? You walk down the street, you go grocery shopping at a, at a bodega, and uh, you could be next to somebody who makes a gazillion bucks. You don't know. So I sit the guy down. I asked him if he said he doesn't have financing. He says he lives in the area. I don't ask specifics. What building do you live in? How much money do you make? But but I, you know, I have a conversation. Oh, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for a nice place. You know, I'm looking at $2 million range, two, three bedrooms. All right, cool. Uh, you got to get financing. So I'll put you in touch with the mortgage broker. Da, da, da. He leaves. Now, I don't see the agent for a couple of days. So uh, on August 1st, I sent out a text message. I just told you about the platform I use, right? Mm-hmm. I got 100 people I can message in one message, but it's not a group message. Right. So no. So people can answer me. It's not going to everybody else. So the message says. Let me read the message, actually, because I don't want it to be misconstrued at all. Um, uh, let's see. Happy Tuesday evening. All right. Here, here's a message. August one. Please text me the number of applications you received and number of deals you closed last month. What does that mean to you, James? Um, that I'm going to look through my records and see how many deals I sent in and how many I closed in the last month. Okay. And cool. if I'm a new agent, then I'm going to be like, I just started. So it's zero. Okay. So what she replied to me was, why are you prying into my business? You don't need to know my client's names. This is my business, not yours. I don't understand why you're asking me this. You don't need to know my details. And and sent about eight messages after that. Like, da 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 None of your business. So so I said, oh, I just sent a message to everybody. And then she sent like four or five more messages. And uh, I said, uh, I'm going to call you. I tell you, I'm going to call you. So I called her. I was like, hey, just a heads up. Uh, I wasn't prying into your business. The message went out. To, it was a group message. It wasn't a group message like everybody was in it. And I just want to see what my team's performance is looking like. I I want some metrics. I I know you're new, so I wasn't expecting anything, but you're in the group. So it went to you. Um, And she's like, I don't get this. You know, my business. And then then I was like, all right, well, it sounds like maybe we're not seeing eye to eye, but that's fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So, of course, we hang up the phone. Then she sends me like some Venmo screenshots about rent she's collected from her clients and I was like, oh, okay, look, you know, I have a client. Uh, I'd love to refer them to you if it's somebody you think you can help. I was trying to, like, regain confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I referred her a client. 
And uh, come to find that didn't work out. But then she got another client later in the evening and was messaging me at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to meet this client first thing in the morning, meeting them. And, you know, I'll be in the office first thing. So first thing in the morning, she messages me. She's like, hey, uh, the client, they have 500 credits. It's not going to work. And then she sends like three, four, six other messages. I don't know, just random jar bullshit. Um, and she shows up at the office. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought you weren't coming in because the client wasn't qualified. And she's like, oh no, uh, I got this guy. He's uh, he's harassing me. Send me his business card. He's harassing me. I was like, oh, okay. Could could you show me what happened? And and then she's like, yeah. Well, you know, I work with million dollar clients, and I, you know, I I own my business, and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, because we met two weeks ago. But could you tell me what happened with the person who's harassing you? And she said, yeah, he was texting me. And she she pulls up her text. And she goes, oh, this is another client I'm working with. They're a million dollar. I said, oh, okay. But the person who was harassing you, what happened? And she's, oh, he sent me his business card. And then he started getting derogatory. And then I said, oh, okay. Um, could you show me what happened? So we go back and forth. And she's like talking about other shit. And I keep saying, oh, could you show me what happened? Finally, she pulls up the text conversation. I read the text conversation. The person sends her the business card, and then she sends him three paragraphs about how she's a superstar agent. And he says, okay, well, I, I just, you know, I have this client I'm trying to find an apartment for. And she's like, well, you're not trying to take advantage of me. And he's like, no, 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 I just, I just have a client. I'm looking for an apartment. You have apartments. What's in it for me? Like, question mark. I'm not trying to take advantage of you. Yeah. So, so now she interprets the phrase, what's in it for me, as in, and I read the messages. It was very clear. What's in it for me was like, I'm not trying to scam you. Like, where am I making out on this? Yeah. But she interpreted the phrase, what's in it for me, to mean, uh, I'll give you my client if you pay me under the table. I want to know what's in it for me. <laughs> right? Like, how are you hooking me up? And uh, and then the message deteriorated into her just sending garbly good jargon, saying her boyfriend's a cop. Da, da, da. And I and so I so she's showing me the message. I'm reading through it, and I said, "Oh, it just looks like a misunderstanding." She said, "No, it wasn't." He's I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm reading it. But look, let you know, let laying dogs lie. Like it's it, it is it, whatever. So so finally she leaves. So it's like around like 12, 31 o'clock. So I walk out of the office and I hear this. It sounds like a fight in the street. I walk out of the office. I hear this fight in the street. I come around the corner and it's this woman, the agent, screaming into her phone. I'm going to have you locked up. My boyfriend's a cop. You're, you know, I work for, for the Department of Justice. I am the Department of Justice. I'm Lady <laughs> Liberty. I'm going to have you put behind bars. You don't know yet. And she's talking to the guy. So I'm like, all right, obviously you have communication issues. So here's what happened. That was at noon. So for the next 20 hours or so uh, until about 8.30 the next day, she is messaging me. So here's what happened. She put some really low-priced apartments online, and she's getting a gazillion leads. And all these people are messaging her, but she's not like comprehending that they're messaging her for the listings and they just want to see them. So she's sending messages back to these people, but like not understanding. They don't want to have a conversation. They just want to see the listing. And, uh, and they're like butting heads. 
and then she's tearing the people in your asshole, but they're ripping back into her. Like, why are you harassing us? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, we just want to, we just messaged you because we saw a $1,600 apartment. We yeah. Just wanna, we just want to, like, what's your problem? And she said, I don't have a problem. What's your problem? You're racist. Now, now, <laughs> she happens to be a black female. So then, over the over the course of the next twenty hours, she uh, she messages the office and she's like, "Justin's trying to kick me out of the office. He set me up. He's he's uh, harassing me. He's making fake phone numbers for himself, trying to harass me because he's racist." So you were the one who was messenger about all these cheap apartments yeah. all along. I'm like, bro, you have no idea, like how, like I am no, I'm like, I'm trying to help you, um, and and just be, and and you know what it hit me was that when, you know, and this is an unfortunate aspect of, of the current culture that we have, but if you are a minority, you can use that card. Right. So if I go to if I'm a minority and I go to a grocery store and they're out of an item and I go, what do you mean? There's no more pineapples. Is it because I'm a minority? I don't think that most people take that seriously. But that's unless, how this like, conversation. But that's how this. There was nothing made. Uh, there was no, nothing mentioned about nationality or race or her being a female. But no, I think it's because based on the way you've described everything up until this point, she's mentally ill. That's what it was. But she said, Justin wants me out of the company because I'm a black female. And I'm thinking like, well, one, have you looked around her office? Like I'm, if anything, in the minority. And two, I've taken no special action for you or against you. I've, I've treated you like everybody else. But luckily, there was a lot of witnesses in the room, kind of witnessing the conversations and witnessing how things were going. So it was, but it was, it was scary for me because you know for the first time in in a decade i've had management over my shoulders saying hey we have reports that you've said some racist things and that you're you're doing this or that and i'm like okay so you have reports um and the funny thing was when i saw this lady belting into the phone on the, on the outside of the office i called the person that referred her i was like hey man did you notice anything in when you met with this person and he was like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't notice anything in particular. Uh, however, I just got an email about you being racist. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, we got to move on though. Cause I, yeah. I, I, I did a poor job explaining the scenario and, 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 and that's on me. So, uh, what, what do you get? What do you got next? You got Beijing, Ty, uh, Taiwan. So we want to go somewhere else with this. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, with China's economy in the next year because their real estate market and their debt market is totally screwed up right now. I don't. I, yeah, I heard about this on the radio. I don't understand this. It's my understanding that everybody pays China to do stuff for them. Well, so and the first thing you got to know is, like, when you bought your house, mm -hmm. like you own the land, right? Yep. There's nobody else that owns the land. It's you are the one who owns the land, and you pay property taxes on it. But well, there, I like, just got a I just got a sewer bill for the. You know, I'm paying to have some some pipes of human shit running through the yard. Right, but you're paying for services. Those property taxes go towards something. Mm -hmm. They go towards the local schools. They go towards paying for utilities. 
So mm-hmm. in China, if you want to buy, build a house or you want to buy a house, we're not even going to get into apartments yet, but if you want to buy or build a house, like you own the house, but you don't own the land. Government the, land, owns the, land. the land belongs to China. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So when you, let's, let's say you find a plot of land that you want, you need to go to the local government and you need to lease the land from the local government. I'm not against this. Uh, it's an interesting concept. No, but this is, this is important to understand for how, like, this is kind of the foundation of things. And mm-hmm. so a lot of local governments in China, this is their main revenue stream, is land leases to houses, well, we have that houses, we have this, that, factories. We have, yeah, there are a lot of co-ops that are built on, on land that is leased. I actually have I had the co-op leased from have, the city. Yeah, I have I have a a co-op right now that's on a land lease that expires twenty ninety five, and we've had a lot of buyers for this place. Actually, the the land lease expired this February, and it was on like billionaires row. But the place, so rather than the apartment selling for a billion dollars, they were selling for one hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars because the land lease was up. So you buy this co-op. But you're buying shares in a building that could get torn down in six months, right? For 150 grand, which you know is, is no small amount of money, but it is still a share of whatever on billionaires row. Yeah. So, so, and Rosh asked, "Are there people owning land in China? Or does it all belong to the government?" I believe it all belongs to the government. So you, so here's the thing. That's how local governments make most of their money. Is through these land leases. Now, in China, culturally, owning a home is one of, if not the most important, like aspects of like personal success. Is if you own property, you're successful. The more properties you own, the more successful you are. Okay. And so it drove this craze of people trying to buy property wherever they could. And taking out tons of debt to be able to buy that property. Now, developers were very happy to oblige in this. And people would pay like the full amount um, for a property before construction had even started. As in like, here's an apartment that I really would like to have. Where's the apartment? Well, it's about 200 feet up in the air. But um, the building doesn't exist yet. (laughs) The building doesn't exist and the land might have been cleared. I'm not sure. And so you had developers that were taking in tons of money pre-selling all these things. And instead of actually building the apartments or the houses, what they would do is they would take that money and use that to lease out more land. So that way they could have more land to build on and more, more imaginary places to sell. A bit Ponzi. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's exactly the same idea of, You take so, you're taking your investors' money to buy more investments and get more people in on one pyramid level lower, which theoretically, providing you're not spending or using any of the money, is a sound investment style. But that's not how it ever ever, right. ever goes. And so you've got these people that like have mortgage payments on property that was supposed to have been built three years ago that still doesn't exist. And so you've got a whole bunch of people in China right now saying like, "Yo." We're, we're not going to make any more payments on these mortgages. Like until we actually have, until like I have a key to the door, 
I'm not making any more payments on this. Okay. And, and was this a, was this like a what spurred this action and how so in mass? Well, I think it like a lot of things started off small and people got progressively more and more sick of it and it's just started to catch on where like the early adopters to this real estate craze are probably the ones that are starting to realize like, yo, I've been paying three years on this mortgage and I still don't have a house. What, what gives? And once they started like this movement of like mortgage protest, then anybody that heard about it would say, Hey, I bought a place six months ago that also doesn't exist. I don't want to pay on this mortgage when I don't have a place. So we have and a so bit of, it's we're having kind a of caught of a on kind of crash water waterfalling cascading type uh issue yeah and and the problem is some of these places are never going to get built because the developers put that money into land to build more places or to sell more places instead of constructing the places that they had already agreed to so what's happening to these developers um well one thing that's probably going to happen that the Chinese government really doesn't want to do, but it's probably going to have to do is they're probably going to have to bail out um, the company. The main company at the, the peak of this is a company called Evergrande. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Nope. You probably maybe caught it in the news, but so like Evergrande has like, like over a trillion dollars in debt. Holy fuck. And so the Chinese government, has really tried to not use state money to support Chinese businesses because they don't want, for, for appearance reasons or anything else, they want to show that Chinese businesses can stand on their own and, and be successful without government intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, they, might have to, they might have to bail these guys out because... Otherwise, they might be looking at a complete collapse of the real estate market. Um, if you think that 2008 was bad in the United States, this will be way worse in China. Well, how many how many people exist? So we have 330 million people in the U.S. How many billion people are in China? 1.2 like, or something? That's like 1.2 or 1.3. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many more people in China. And this problem is going to, you know, we're not talking your poorest communities. Uh, you know, getting wiped out, or your lower middle class getting wiped out, or even your upper upper middle class getting wiped out, mortgage wise. Uh, we're talking about millions and millions of people. But the uh, the the Chinese government is really big on image, in in trying to show yeah. that they have an orderly society where people are happy under their system, and. Yeah. So they've been like, and there's been people that have been out in the streets publicly protesting about these mortgages and the Chinese government has been treating them like political protests. So that means things like tear gas and tanks. Water can, yeah. Um, Not water can, it's like... uh, Because it's uh, making the Chinese government look bad because this was a fuck up on their part because the developers were incentivized to to actually build anything. And the local governments who were supposed to be the ones overseeing this and making sure that developers were playing within the rules were incentivized not to because they were getting paid for these land leases. Because if you think about it, if you're a local government and there's a whole bunch of just vacant land that you, that you the local government, own but isn't really doing anything, it's not being farmed, it's, not be, it's just trees or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and not even clear. Like says, you said, not even hey, clear, we'd like yeah. to do a... 50 year lease on this 
for $10 million. And you just look and be like, it would cost me $10 million to clear that. And you're going to pay <laughs> me $10 million? Okay. Yeah. Um, for a lease. other land over there that you might want too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you. It's so so let's so let's let's talk a little bit about China versus Taiwan and why that's news this week. And actually, I'll lead. I'll lead. Go so, ahead. So we had Nancy Pelosi flying into Taiwan this week, and she was in South Korea earlier in the week, right? Um, I think she I think. went to like the Koreas after Taiwan because I, I read an article today oh, okay. that she like went and visited the demilitarized zone maybe today, yeah. um, which is the space. So I think North she Korea. landed in Taiwan first. The space between North Korea, the, the uh, uh, communist country, and South Korea, the uh, Republic of South Korea, right? Yeah, which is a pretty healthy democracy yeah south korea is not doing too bad at all it's small so you don't have as much uh strife as we do in the u.s or in china uh, but they've got a lot of advantages they like they've got the the kind of cultural cultural asian work ethic which i know comes off as racist but like it's a real thing it is what it is yeah and can, we, we and, all know even even uh asian people and indian people know that Americans don't work as hard as their cultures do. You can, you can look at the But they also people. have like a relatively homogenous culture, so it's easy for them to just kind of like get behind ideas and push them forward. Let me let me ask you a question. When if you were to look at someone who's Asian or Indian, and India is, is in Asia, but we'll, we'll you know we'll differentiate for the sake of the conversation. If you you look at somebody in Asia or India and you say, oh you know your your country uh, you know you guys are really hard workers, you guys study really hard is that offensive to them? Because my thinking would be that that would be offensive to the Americans. Well, but, I think but also, it's, it's but offensive also, in that you're stereotyping, even though it's a positive stereotype. Well, I mean, you're you're generalizing based off generalizations. You're you're based off a general trend. Is there? You know, I drive in New Jersey and I drive in New York and I've driven in a gazillion other states. I can tell you. New Jersey, when the speed limit's 65, almost everybody's doing 80 or 85. Now, if I have a conversation, people are like, oh, yeah, New Jersey drivers drive way faster than New Yorkers. That's my perspective. Now, would somebody be... Uh, I don't think you're doing an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. No, I feel like I'm not either. I feel like like, I'm not, here, not here's another it. example, and this one, this, I think, makes it a little but, bit clearer, is you if you talk to like a black person and be like, Oh, black people are just so much stronger and faster than white people. But, but again, again, it's a positive the, stereotype, but it's still something that like, it's racist. You don't say that. Yeah. It's again, the, the only reason it's racist is because we have this giant line between black and white in the U S well, no, the reason right. why it's racist is because... Because you're drawing implies, on a history of hardworking slavery. Well, you're drawing on that, that It's implying that they're not capable of other things. Mm, I wouldn't say that there's that implication at all. But I would say that... I would say that it's a very blind stereotype. However, you have to... So it's offensive if you're black. But you have to figure out where are you drawing the offense from. And if you're drawing it from, 
the slave trade and saying, you know, mo most people. Uh, but but back to the Asian Indian stereotype, you say, oh, you know, Asians and Indians are hard workers, very evident by the college student culture. Who's taking offense to that? Because in my opinion, Americans should take offense to that. Right. Well, you know, yeah, if, I, if I if I had a, a college age kid and I said, "Hey, you know the, the Asians and Indians are really hard workers. If you don't work as hard, you're going to lose." And then if I turn to an Asian or Indian person and say, "Hey, you know, I I hear the Asians and Indians are hard workers. What do you think about these American kids?" They're going to say, "Oh, they're losers." <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm so agreeing with you that it's a harder the issue, the issue statement when you focus, to take offense to. The issue is when you focus on the offending aspect. Now the black-white thing has major roots in America, and 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 you can dig into those roots. The other side of it doesn't have. Have you, do you did you hear? I actually this is Joe Rogan related, Joe Rogan adjacent. Uh, you know a lot of comedians don't do colleges anymore. You you heard this? Um, I hadn't heard that, but I'm not surprised. I got I got I got I got notes on this guy. Uh, uh, his name's uh, Nimash Patel, and he was uh, doing a comedy routine in Columbia, Columbia University. I've actually seen this. this yeah, movie. yeah, and he had like a 90-minute spot, and he said That's a long about, time for a comedian. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you're the headliner, I guess, right? So he had he had this this long, either hour, 60 minutes or 90 minutes, had this spot, and and, and I, I don't know what it is because he actually he, he sounds like he... he Kind of did some double speak. He said two different, two different things, but his joke, the one that changed the crowd was he said, "What he knows that being gay isn't a choice because who would want to be black and gay?" And 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 his and and really his perspective was in the more kind of woke aspect, saying, "Look, you you idiots that think." Being gay is a choice. It's not because who would choose additional adversity? So you right. guys have to. And the thing is, he actually derived that joke from a comedy sketch he gave somewhere else. And an audience member spoke up and was like, oh, I'm black and I'm gay. Nobody would want this. And, <laughs> and he's like, you're right. Can I use that as a joke? And then he used it yeah. as a joke for months and months and months. And then he went to Columbia. And when he delivered that joke, somebody was like, boo. And he was like, what, 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 what do you mean? This is, this is as woke as it gets. I'm telling you guys who wants it. But he ended up getting booed off stage, and they ended up cutting his mic. And he said that he, they, they rubbed, he rubbed people the wrong way. And ultimately, that they, they shooed him off stage, the Columbia staff, by saying that he had offended the people that were doing the tech. That, that, that's just a cop out. Well, but. that that was their rationale. If you say you offended the audience, he's going to keep going. Go, yeah, but a lot of the audience is laughing. If you're like, oh, you're offending the people that are doing the tech, you're like, oh shit, we can't go on. But no, I'd be like, all right, I'll do this with no mic. I'm good. Well, he's like, oh, all I need is a mic. Like, you, yeah, you know, you can drop the fuck, fucking lead in the spotlight. Like, yeah, drop the way. pretense. Like, if you if you want to say that you don't like my material, then like at least have the balls to say it. Um. But then they cut the mic, and then he was right. like, "Fuck this!" and he left, and and, and he actually had a, a a comedy spot to do after that downtown, like the Lower East Side, and he went and he gave another, and the Lower East Side crowd was way more open. But again, that's your college crowd where people are easily offended, 
And that's kind of the point that I was making when I was saying, if you say Asians and Indians are harder workers, you'd be surprised who takes offense to that. You would think the people that are implied to not be hard workers should take offense. But in actuality, it's everyone that takes offense to that statement. I think it's that one, like the, the Asian stereotype is a complicated one. Um, but I, I, I look at it as like, first of all, if you're going to a comedy show, like you, your standards for what is offensive should be lower. Well, you can because, also be a target of the comedy show. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, like it's what you're signing up for is like by its very nature comedy is not meant to be taken seriously well i think I, I think that's where the dave Chappelle. Thing, i think he made a joke and that's where he met a transgender person and he gained some perspective and then he re, his last comedy routine the one about the transgender thing that went up in flames he was talking about it was all it was actually very poetic and and very well orchestrated where he made jokes and he related everything back to somebody who he had offended who committed suicide. And and he said, you know, it was ultimately like, this is somebody I, I offended, I made good friends with, we bonded over this. I recognize that things were offense, offensive. We bonded over the fact that this person was extremely offensible and I was extremely offensive. And that's how we bonded. And I made a great friendship and relationship out of that. Unfortunately, this person took their life However, I want to celebrate their life, and I want to under—I want people to understand that I can relate to that. However, in my art, there are things that I say that are uh, offensive. And if you listen to the entire 90-minute comedy sketch, he does a really good job. However, if you watch and listen to a four-minute quote, you miss the entire thing. So I, I you ever listen to it. Jim Jeffries? Uh, the name rings a bell, so probably yes. He's an Australian comedian. Um, and he he talks about he, he has a routine that he does about Bill Cosby and rape that <laughs> is really well put together. And in the middle of it, he talks about how he got a review from like some Australian newspaper. And like he's like and they quote me directly in there. And he's like, here's the thing. A lot of what like my art is is being able to stay up on stage and be able to say terrible things and still appear likable. <laughs> if you take the ah out of it and just and just put the words on paper, it's a bad read. Yeah, exactly. You put the words on it, paper. Exactly. Like, exactly. You want to know what my actual opinion is? I don't want to be raped by Bill Cosby. Well, that, and that's the thing about like reading a screenplay versus watching a screenplay, right? Like watching something on stage or watching something on film. The screenplay just doesn't a lot, and, and you miss. And that's the issue with text, right? Yep. You read somebody's text, just like the woman I was talking about a little while ago. She read the text. What's in it for me? And what the guy was like, I'm not like I'm not benefiting here. Like, what? Yeah, there's I'm nothing. Referring you a client, I get nothing. And there's nothing like I, you know, I'm I'm gonna make a commission, but like outside of that, like what's what's in it for me now and 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 she misinterpreted because of the text and i tried to explain it to her but it ended up with her leaving the office and and she actually she took a phone call in the middle of our meeting we, we sat down for like 20 she took a phone call in the middle of our meeting for like i don't know 
two and a half minutes and she came back and I, and I had, I was, you know, in her absence, I sent like 25 emails and a hundred texts and, uh, uh, and I had drinking a ton of coffee and, and ice water in the morning. And I came back. I was like, hold up. I was just, I thought you were going to have fun a little bit longer. I just got to use the restroom. I just got to pee. And she's like, oh, you're such a dick. For somebody who's as cute as you, I thought you would have been nicer. And then I said to her, I said to her, I just got to pee. People pee. I got to pee. I'm sorry to be rude. Now, she, uh, now she actually took a portion of that and was like, yeah, Justin told me he was being rude to me on purpose. What? No, I, I, I apologized if you thought I was being rude. I was just telling you I needed to go to the bathroom. Uh, but that's the disconnect we have. And I think, you know, I told my my team this week, the guys that were in the office over the last two days, I was like, guys, you understand communication skills. Communication skills are where life is at, where, where success is at, and where this business is at. Where I sent these guys a message that said, Motivational statement, emoji, call to action, right? And most and most of these guys replied to me, kind of hands up. What do you mean? That's where we were lost. But, um, like in regards to the Chappelle thing, like that's a case where I think actually both parties handled it poorly because, like, the parties that wanted to tear him down were taking his his routine and taking bits out of context to make it sound bad and it's very easy to do that with anybody but especially a comedian because they're going to say things that don't make a lot of sense if you only read two sentences of it and it's part of a two or three minute bit but at the same time the way he reacted to it was also very poor who's this called who's this called drunk on uh uh YouTube. I'm curious who that is, but they said does being rude even exist in 2022? And I Uh, think yeah, it does. The the bar has been lowered. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it has because it because people perceive being rude really easily. So we got about we got about (laughs) two minutes left. We got about two minutes left. I want to uh, I want to talk real quick about abortion abortion law if that's if that's cool but do you think we can do that after the break after that two minute break once we drop instagram and 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 yeah we'll do that in like the secret episode portion i mean that that goes so for those of you guys who are listening to us live if you're watching on instagram we drop your feed at the one hour mark so unfortunately you hear a little music you hear us intro and then you're gonna hear a little music and then we're out instagram live but if you're watching on youtube facebook Twitter or Twitch, you'll be able to watch us live. Same thing on uh, TikTok. But um, real guys, quick, do we gotta... is is Rosh free to go? Can we handle this on our own? And I want to respond to what Drunk just said. Well, if Rosh if Rosh got to go, he can. He, uh, you know, I, lo- I like having Rosh here, but if he's got to run, he's got to run. Um, but uh, my point is, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube or any audio podcast platform and you can download these. You can listen to them in the car. You listen to them on the train. You listen to us anywhere. Um, if so, you enjoy the conversation. So Drunk says every everybody these days are so sensitive. It's impossible not to offend at least one group. And I think that's actually correct. And like, <clears throat> but I, I, I like go- being, I like being offensive and I like people. I actually like people being offensive to me. One, because I'm, pretty confident in my role 
Like I can tell you one thing, I'm way I've made less money over the last year and I'm way out of shape than I've ever been over the last year. And and people can like lay into that. I'm cool with that. Like we're on the same page. Right? But I also know who I am. I know who I've been for the last three and a half decades. Let's yeah, uh yeah. all right. Uh those of you guys on live Instagram, we will see you guys next time. Adios. It's, I think a lot of it has to do with intent, where if you're not meaning to actually offend somebody, like you can say something that's offensive and like, like let everybody know that it's in jest. And yeah, but but th- that's the context. I think I feel like uh, I feel like drunk uh, on YouTube might be Ronald, but I could be wrong. Uh, let me tell you who Ronald is is afterwards. But I could be wrong. But I like that perspective. I like everybody seems to be so sensitive these days. Everybody is so offensible, offendable. But and I I think that it's best to just go through your life trying to not cause undue harm but at the same time not being so overly cautious that you're not able to express yourself as a person and there's a balance there yeah i do that in a rush uh you know you don't want to push people out of the company like you know, some people we actually we actually do want to push these guys out of the company because they're not going to they're not going to have a successful future. So the sooner they're out of the company, maybe the better for them, maybe the better for us. Uh, well, uh, I mean, if you get random guy who insulting clients or whatever. <laughs> I'm just a random guy. Well, that's great. Subscribe, throw some comments out there. Let us know what you want to hear about. But I, I appreciate the comments drunk at YouTube. Um, but, but sorry, James, I cut you off office i I didn't mean to i mean when it comes to like pushing people out of the company like there's a certain line where like if they've got like your company name tagged on like their emails and stuff and they're sending all these like completely unhinged emails and text messages to potential clients like sure they're making themselves look bad but they're also making your company look bad because like if i'm a client and my real estate agent is like sending me any of the kind of stuff that you described then not only am I not going to use them, but let's say you reach out to me and say, hey, I heard you had a bad experience with so-and-so, um, but like she's no longer with the company, but like I've got some other great agents that would be able to help you out. My answer is going to be, I'm going to look somewhere else. Yeah, no shit. Why, why wouldn't you look somewhere? You've already been and, and not only that, if somebody else says, hey, I'm thinking about using your company, for my next apartment broker, I'm going to say, don't use them. The person that I had from them was completely unhinged. Yeah, well, this lady was crazy. She lasted less than two weeks. Uh, I got to re up and get some ice cubes. Can we? Can we? Uh, can we reconvene in about twenty seconds and talk about? Sure, I got about ten minutes or so. I've been drinking a pre-workout. I'm gonna. I'm trying to get a bike ride in tonight, so. I wasn't planning uh, on going too much later because okay, you, you know the, how pre-workouts. Oh, well, the timing is important, but it, uh, I want to talk real quick about um, the Constitution and abortion. 
Let me get your ice and let's hit that. I'll be back. I'll be back five or ten minutes. All right, cool. Be right back. You're gonna you're gonna talk to the people that are still online. So, what do you want? You want me to introduce like what happened in Kansas? Why don't you give a spot? Well, yeah, you talk about Kansas. So, Kansas, I think it was like two days ago. Um, actually, I responded drunk. Yeah, so uh, I've been doing a lot of my bike riding at night because I, even though I live on the East Coast, my job is West Coast hours. So by the time I'm done with work and after I take my nap, it's dark. And I found that riding at night is really, really peaceful because it's cooler. You don't have the sun in your eyes and there's a lot less cars and you put a bright light on the front of the bike and like it's, you just have like the whole world to yourself. But I, I like running. At, I, I like running at night. The thing is, I don't understand. You know, growing up in high school, we used to run at ten o'clock at night at the school track. That later than that, there were nights that we didn't like start our run until like one thirty. Yeah, yeah, but that's how we grew up. So the fact that a lot of people aren't like willing to burn the midnight oil or the early morning morning oil when it comes to fitness or when it comes to I used. When I wrote our agent training manual for the company, for the Julia Group, not for the new company, I was waking up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning and just being like, oh, I woke up to pee. I'm going to stay up and I'm going to throw my mental energy into this. Yeah, so Drunks says he lives in the Midwest and likes going for walks at 2 a.m. And, and it feels like you have the world to yourself because everybody else is asleep. And it's that's, really nice. That's one and thing I like about New York City is that in New York City, almost always, you know, starting at four o'clock in the morning, there are just so many people out in the street. You got the trash collectors, you got taxi cabs, you, oh, so you have drunk people coming out of the clubs. But there is a kind of, you know, between two and four in the morning where the city, you can walk down blocks and there's fucking nothing. Else. And it's, it's quiet. The quiet is nice. I like, I like the, I like the quiet aspect of, of Manhattan. After hours. So, look, can we talk real quick about abortion and the Constitution? Um, well, do you want me to talk about Kansas, or do you want me to let you lead? Lead with Kansas. Lead with Kansas, because because uh, because that's a really that's actually the direction I'm going in this. So, let's see how we can. Well, so that. Kansas in the um, in its state constitution protects the right to abortion, and so. Um, the Republicans in like the right wing element of Kansas proposed a ballot initiative that would amend the state constitution to remove this provision. And I believe they called it like the women's choice act or something of 2022. So, and so, hold up, hold up. So let's take a moment to pay attention to the fact that you're eliminating the option for abortion and you're calling that bill, the women's choice bill. So actually what you're saying, the women's choice bill actually eliminates the women's option to choose. All right. So Yeah, so hold on, I'm ahead. finding the exact title of it. Um I want to I want to find the, the text of it too cuz it's well, crazy. Uh, so anyway, uh, let me let me just I, and that's why I want to talk about the constitution because the constitution written in the late 1700s after the declaration of independence we're talking Alexander Hamilton, John Jay. These these guys got together and they formed the Federalists. And for the most part, the Federalists were for individual states' rights. 
But Federalist implies ist, right? For the Federation, right? You're for the Federation. You're federal. No, you're for federalism. Well, that's that's for the Federation. But but federalism is that you're going to have a federal government that delegates a lot of its power to the states. Well, that's but but how what party would be anti-federalist, right? (laughs) That means you would be against the federation. So developing a party to be anti-federalist is very difficult. So so the title alone, federalist. So yeah, all right. So here I'm going to read the text of this ballot initiative because it's really shittily written by per like on purpose so should the following be adopted quote because kansans value both women and children the constitution to the state of kansas does not require does not require government funding of abortion and does not create or secure a right to abortion to the extent permitted by the constitution of the united states the people through their executive their elected state representatives and state senators may pass laws regarding abortion including but not limited to laws that account for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest or circumstances of necessity to save the life of the mother. So if you vote yes on this measure, then you eliminate the provision in the state constitution. But it's worded in such a way that if you just read it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to vote yes so that people can have choice. But you had to vote no to preserve the right. So like they, it was a really it's shitty and underhanded yeah. tactic to try and get people to vote in a way that they didn't actually want. So so, but at least they're giving the state the right to vote. Except albeit, and the name albeit, of the, it was called the Value Them Both Amendment. The the you know albeit they're at least they're giving the state the right to vote on this, albeit one that is confusing as fuck just like in new york state where we have good this new bill called the good cause eviction bill and they're 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 selling it as it just the the bill is called the good cause eviction bill and they're selling it as in order to do an eviction you have to have a good cause however what they are doing with that which sounds legit like why would you want to evict somebody just for just for the hell of it let's vote for the good cause eviction bill However, the good cause eviction bill actually limits the causes in which you can evict people, and it limits it almost to an impossible impossible level to evict people. So if somebody didn't pay their rent, that's not enough cause to evict somebody. That's strange to me. Yeah, it's a really lousy bill. So basically, you can't evict them. You have to you have to set up a, a, a meeting with an arbitrator to put them on a payment plan first, and that could take six months. And then once you put them on the payment plan, they have to follow the payment plan. But if they don't, you go back to court and try to come up with a new payment plan. Okay. Right? Can we – let's wrap – because all right. So I explained what happened in Kansas right, and the just, underhanded tactics that they tried to use all right, so, um, so, and, and how Kansas so, voted like either 60-40 or like 65-35 against this shitty amendment. Anyways, you were saying so, about the Constitution. I've been listening to, for the last couple of days, I've been listening to some YouTube videos explaining the Constitution, right? So you got the Declaration of Independence. Declaration of Independence basically is our statement that we're seceding from England, we're seceding from... Yeah, and, uh, it, it's, and it gives a whole bunch of reasons why they hate England. However, it's not a... It's not a constitution about how we're going to govern our land here. Now, in that time, 
we had our land in the U.S. up to the Mississippi River, right? And it was divided into 13 states. Now, those, those 13 states governed themselves. Yeah, many under the of them, Articles of the Confederacy. Many of them had... Uh, many of them had their own money, right? They had their own... Uh, governments inside in, inside of those states and what you had was states that didn't interact that well with each other well not only that but the federal government had a really hard time being able to raise money to be able to pay for war debts and to be able to regulate interstate conduct so well, you have all these disputes spout up like spot up between different states and there was no real mechanism for them to resolve them. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the issue is we left England because we didn't want them taxing us, right? And then we moved over here. But then we spread across the U.S. up to the Mississippi River. And we didn't have a system to govern everybody that was in that group. So we had this uh, constitution that was drawn that was to constitute the states, the United States, but that constitution itself had rights that were driven into the entire plot of land, the entire U.S., and rights that were divided among the states. So the states had their own rights to make their own laws. Yeah, you want to hit these comments by drunk real quick? What, what, you want to just read them? I missed them. Um so he's saying the Supreme Court's going for gay marriage next. The abortion stuff is the precedent they're going to use to redo a lot of laws. And well, everybody's, that's what everybody's saying. Slippery slope. You, you, well, you eliminate abortion rights. Some members on the Supreme Court have expressly say, stated as such. But, but, but fair enough. The issue is, let me just get back to the Federalists. The Federalists, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton, these guys were, proponents they were basically trying to get the constitution passed right in the name of the federation in the name of a united government amongst the states right because we were all states that left the european uh, left england and we're over here trying to make the best of things however it's tough to make the best of things when you don't agree with your neighbor so the constitution was to constitute the un to constitute uniting the states, right? Now, the issue with getting an agreement amongst a great swath of people is that the more people there are, the more difficult it is to have an agreement, right? So that's where we stand right now, is that we're trying to get everybody into making a decision. And it's really difficult to make a decision because you have so many different voices. So it's really difficult to pass laws, to pass bills, when... Well, you, you have so many different people involved. Can we in can we leave this as a topic for next week? Because I actually have a lot to say about this. Because you're getting into concepts like pluralism versus hyperpluralism, and we could also talk about gerrymandering and representative democracy, and whether the people actually have like true power in terms of being able to determine what laws they actually get. Um, and I'm also Ooh, starting. Gotta, I'm starting to bug a little bit because I need to get this. I, I got, to get I got a good chart. Workout. I got a good chart that I, I can share with you based on a popular opinion and the likeliness that bill is going to pass. Yeah, that's the YouTube video I sent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, you, yeah, you sent it to me. All right, yeah, I think that's actually that should be our next uh, episode. So yeah, uh, let's do that. 
I know your face is itching because the beta carnitine. In the... Yep. <laughs> is it really? I think so. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's so... a crap load of caffeine and some other things in there, but that's to get me motivated to go out and ride for like an hour and a half. I was going to drink water for this episode and then go to the track after this, but I'm drinking straight scotch for the entire episode plus a couple of glasses beforehand. So kudos to you, James, and those of you who are listening. And kudos yeah. to you, drunk. We all wish we could be, well, drunk. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. But uh, for those of you who joined us, thank you. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. And, and Drunk, uh, thanks for the sub. And tune in next week when we talk more about a lot of the things that you've been you've been mentioning in the comments. We're going to go into more depth on them next week when we have a, a proper hour to dedicate to it. So you can subscribe on YouTube and any, any audio podcast platform. And you can watch us live, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and Instagram. James. Enjoy your ride. I'm going to go bike my face off. You got the new bike yet? No, that's, that's like another month away. And, dude, I am counting the days. Like, it sucks. Uh, I know. Well, you you get that bike soon. Um, we'll see you guys next time. Adios. Later. All right. That concludes this episode. Thank you for stopping by. Well, you definitely hung out for a while. But uh, I think it's time for you to go. So uh, we'll see you later. Uh, I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.